0: It's time to get ready for the Buffalo Bills week six opponent, the challenges they present, and what the Bills need to do to deal with them today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. what's up bills mafia it's show marino author of go bills and buffalo's run also the co-host of the locked on nfl scouting podcast and i'm your host of locked on bills want to thank you for making locked on bills your first listen every day and a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers you know who you are those of you who never miss a single episode i appreciate y'all being here very very much i'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on youtube Or wherever you listen to podcasts, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. This episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepickscom slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Well, folks, it's time to talk about this week six matchup for the Buffalo Bills, a primetime game, Sunday night football Let's break it down like we do in our weekly primers. If you want to call it plotting the path for a Bills win, the bottom line here is we're getting into the weeds with the Bills' upcoming opponent. And the Bills are back in North America in week six for a home game against the New York Giants. The game will be played on Sunday, October 15th at 8.20 p.m. Eastern time at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York. The game will be broadcasted on NBC. Mike Tirico is on the play-by-play. Chris Collinsworth is the game analyst, and Melissa Stark is the sideline reporter. I know folks have a lot of different opinions about Chris Collinsworth. I don't really care that much about game analysts or play-by-play people. I think I think that NBC gives you the best broadcast presentation of a football game when it comes to uh, angles, camera angles, and replays. I think nobody does it better than NBC. So if you can put your issues uh, with Collinsworth aside, I think you will enjoy the presentation of the game. I always do. I enjoy watching Sunday Night Football more than any other broadcast that I see. This is going to be the 15th all-time meeting between the Bills and Giants, and the Bills have a 7-7 and all-time record against the Giants. Their last meeting back in 2019, which was a 28-14 Bills win over the Giants. The Bills enter this game 3-2. and The Giants are one in four. This has been their season so far. In week one, they lost 40 to zero to the Dallas Cowboys. Week two, they won 31 to 28 over Arizona. They were actually down by 20 at halftime, and they were down by 21 with 9.34 left in the third quarter. Daniel Jones got some superpowers and led them back. Week three, they lost 30 to 12 to the 49ers. Week four, they lost 24 to three to Seattle. And then last week they lost 31 to 16 to the Miami Dolphins, despite winning the turnover battle three to zero. And those were the first three turnovers they faced all they forced all season long. So zero turnovers in the first four games. And then in week five, they get three, but lose thirty-one to sixteen. Head coach of the Giants, Brian Dable, 48 years old. He's in his second season as the head coach of the Giants. Of course, he was the Bills offensive coordinator for the previous four seasons. The Giants went 9-7 and 1 in Dayball's first season, got him to the playoffs, they beat the Vikings in the wild card round, and then a 1 and 4 start in 2023. Dayball's record with the Giants so far is 10-11 and 1. The quarterback for the Giants is, we'll see. It's either going to be Daniel Jones, who's their preferred starter. They just signed him to a $40 million a year contract, uh, but he has a neck injury. He did not practice on Tuesday or Wednesday. And so that's obviously something to monitor because if he doesn't practice all week, will they play him? I'm not sure. But their backup quarterback is another familiar name, Tyrod Taylor. And so if it's not Daniel Jones, it'll be. Tyrod Taylor now regardless of who goes at quarterback the Giants passing game this season has been off to a very very poor start and we'll get into more of what the issues are when discussing the personnel but the offensive line injuries have been massive I mean huge they pretty much have had one or two of their starting offensive linemen available throughout the course of the season and that obviously makes it hard for an offense to function not to mention the injury to Saquon Barkley an ankle sprain that's kept him out for the last few weeks, and he is the engine for that offense, or at least he was last year. And so looking at the Giants passing offense metrics, they do not tell a good story. The Giants are dead last in the NFL in passing yards per game, despite being 17th in attempts. They're dead last in net yards per pass attempt at four and a half. They've thrown an NFL low, two touchdown passes this year, The passer rating for the Giants is 73.3, which is somehow not the worst in the NFL. The Jets, Patriots, and Browns are lower, but still very poor. The Giants quarterbacks are getting sacked like crazy. 15.3% of passing plays, the Giants take a sack. That's obviously the highest percentage in the NFL. In fact, number two is the Commanders at 13.2%. And we remember what that game looked like against the Bills. The Giants quarterbacks have been sacked a total of 30 times in five games. Quarterbacks for the Giants are pressured on 45.2% of dropbacks, which is obviously the highest in the NFL. They throw deep only 5.4% of time, dead last in the NFL. Average depth of target is 6.1, dead last in the NFL. They do run play action 27.4%, which is a pretty good clip, and their screen percentage is very low, 5.5%. And if you think the Bills are bad at screens, how about the Giants? They're only getting 1.9 yards per attempt on screen plays. And so obviously this has been a tough stretch for the Giants. Expectations were certainly higher for them going into this season. Year one under Joe Shane and Brian Dayball was really good, right? They, they found a way. They um, came away with some wins that they probably shouldn't have and got themselves to the playoffs and won a playoff game. And Um, you know, they kind of ran it back in some ways. They brought back Daniel Jones. They found a way to get Saquon Barkley back and really kind of kept the nucleus together. But injuries this year have really derailed their opportunity to build um, upon what was a very promising first season for the Giants. Now, surely they're going to play better football at some point this year. I do think a lot of that's going to be tied to them getting getting healthy, uh, particularly on the offensive line. Uh, But what's really disappointing, we're going to get into all of it, but the defense, right? The defense is the unit that is returning a lot. They added to it and they've been mostly healthy and they've been really poor on that side of the football as well. And sometimes, you know, you need to be able to play complementary football, uh, feed off of each other, right? Playing bad offense doesn't help your defense, right? Just like playing bad defense doesn't help your offense. And so there's a lot of layers to this, but you, you can gather from the conversation that we had on yesterday's podcast, crossover Thursday with Patricia Trana, the host of Locked On Giants, that things things are rough. Things are rough for the Giants right now. But obviously, you know that this team is going to want to back their head coach, Brian Dayball, who's coming back to Buffalo, a homecoming. Um, So whether it's, you know, the fact that he was the Bills offensive coordinator for four years, but, you know, he's local to the area, and um, he's going to want to go out there and play well, and I'm sure his team's going to rally behind him. I do think that there is something to there being some tension kind of late in the tenure in Buffalo between Sean McDermott and Brian Dable. And so, you know, I think these are two prideful men that aren't going to want to lose. And so we'll see what the Giants have up their sleeves. And um, we'll get, obviously, more into the specifics here in just a moment. But I just want to set the tone here on what this football team has been going through and some of the dynamics. Obviously, we're going to expand on that in just a moment. But first, I need to tell you about Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected And that's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy, medication delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. So don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today. From Jace Medical by using our code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com. All right, folks, the offensive coordinator for the Giants is Mike Kafka. And I know that Brian Dayball is offensive minded, but he is not the play caller. Mike Kafka is the play caller for this offense. He's 36 years old, second season as the Giants offensive coordinator and as an NFL offensive coordinator. He was the Chiefs quarterback's coach from 2018 through 2021, and then he got the chance to come to the Giants. Last year, under Kafka and Dable, the Giants were 18th in yards and 15th in scoring. This year, not so much. They're scoring 12.4 points per game. That is 31st in the NFL. We already talked about their passing game metrics and how that's going. Uh, They're not running the football well either. 3.7 yards per rush, that's 29th. They only convert, uh, excuse me, they get a turnover on 15.1% of their drives, seventh worst in the NFL. They commit a turnover. They score only 22.6% of drives, which is 31st in the league. Situationally, they convert on third down 35.6% of the time, that's 26th, and they score red zone in the touchdown 45.5% of the time which is 24th. So however you want to do this, situational football, throwing the football, running the football, turning it over, scoring, it's not good for the Giants. Let's talk about their personnel. A wide receiver, a very strange group, a lot of redundancy here when it comes to skill sets, which is a little bit like some of the criticisms that we had for the makeup of the Bills' uh, wide receivers for a few years there. Uh, I guess their number one receiver, at least in terms of targets for wide receivers, is Paris Campbell. Um, more of a slot player, a lot of speed, yards after catch, uh, but not a very detailed player. In a lot of ways, he's just like Isaiah McKinsey. Darius Slayton is their number two, another fast guy. He's got speed, he's uh, third on the team in targets. Wandell Robinson, another small jitterbug slot, gadgety type player. I mean, he plays big, but he's small. Um, another Isaiah McKinsey type player. They have Isaiah Hodgins, who has done virtually nothing for them this year. Jalen Hyatt, a rookie out of Tennessee, who is a very good vertical receiver, has not really done much this year. And then Sterling Shepard, who's kind of a veteran, has been very quiet this season. So that's the receivers. They got a bunch of slot guys, in my opinion, not, a much, not much in the way of diverse skill sets. I, I think the guy that's the most different is Isaiah Hodgins. But Again, he has not been much of a contributor this season. Their number one target in the passing game is Darren Waller, veteran that they brought over uh, from the Raiders. He's having a decent start to the season. Uh, Daniel Bellinger is the backup tight end. I like Daniel Bellinger, a very traditional, classic player that can block, big-bodied receiver. I I liked what he did for them as a rookie, uh, but the presence of Darren Waller has kind of taken away from his opportunity to uh, develop in year two and have a bigger role. So when it comes to the target distribution for this Giants passing game, the guy that gets the ball the most is Waller, 33 targets, and it's 23 for Paris Campbell, 22 for Darius Slayton, 17 for Wondell Robinson, and then 14 for Isaiah Hodgins, and he's got 10 catches so far this year. And so I guess that's part of what makes them a little bit challenging is that they don't necessarily have an established go-to guy and there's a number of guys that they will get the football too. And so it's not just take away this guy and you're good. They're going to throw it to all of these guys out of necessity because none of them have really uh, established themselves as the go-to player. At running back, we'll see as it relates to Saquon Barkley. Uh, had an ankle sprain. He's been kind of limited in practice, hasn't played over the last few weeks. You know, Do they look at this situation and feel like, behind this makeshift offensive line he's going to be able to go I'm not sure right I don't think they want to rush Saquon back Um, so we'll see he may or may not play on Sunday night if he doesn't they've been leaning into Matt Breida another former Bill speedster but a mistake prone running back and a rookie out of Oklahoma Eric Gray he got a fair amount of work against the Dolphins and they also have Gary Brightwell so um, if Saquon can't go they have some speedy options but not a whole lot of established producers uh, when it comes to the running back position in the NFL. Now their offensive line, this is a real mess. Um, It is not the group they want to have. And I would say that even if they did have the group that they want to have, it's a very poor collection of talent. Uh, Their left tackle, it's supposed to be Andrew Thomas. Now Andrew Thomas has developed into one of the best left tackles in the NFL. He hasn't played the last few weeks and he hasn't practiced at all as of the recording of this podcast, which factors Wednesday and Thursday. He didn't practice either day. doesn't look good for him to be able to go on Sunday night. So if he can't go, which is the expectation, Josh Eziudu is going to play left tackle. And Josh Eziudu is a guard, right? I watched him play at North Carolina, fairly high pick, and they're playing him completely out of position. Now part of that probably has to do with Matt Pert, um, who's their swing tackle. He's also hurt, so it's probably more out of necessity for Josh. I think he's going to be a decent starter in the NFL at some point, but he continues to play out of position, and I think that is not helping his development. Their left guard is Mark Glowinski, having a rough go, but he's obviously having some challenges, not having the normal players around him. I've thought of Mark Glowinski in the past as a reasonable starter in the NFL, uh, particularly when he was with the Colts. Has not been good for him with the Giants. At center, they drafted John Michael Schmitz, um, I think, in the second round, and uh, they'd like for him to be the starter, but he hasn't practiced again this week. Ben Bredesen stepped in for him last week against Miami, and that was a nightmare. And so I I think it's going to be Ben Bredesen again this week, and that's a a real problem for them if that has to be the case. Their right guard, probably going to be Marcus McKeithen, and um, late-round pick out of North Carolina, a guy that I thought of more as a tackle. Um, He's playing right guard for them. He's struggling. And then right tackle is Evan Neal. Evan Neal was a top 10 pick for them last year. That was a starter, uh, has been a healthy starter for them again this year, but he's been a disaster, right? There's been really not a whole lot of promise as it relates to Evan Neal and the way he's performing on the football field. And so um, he's the guy that is the starter that they would want to have at right tackle but he's also given up like 26 pressures already in five games, like 20 more than 25% of the pressures that this offensive line is giving up. It's coming through Evan Neal, who's supposed to be a good player for that. And so it's just a mess for them on the offensive line. You heard Patricia talk about that yesterday and uh, watching the tape and just kind of working through this personnel, who's not available, where they're playing guys. It's messy. And we know they don't have a very good offensive line coach in Bobby Johnson. So, Good luck on all that, uh, Giants. Because even if they were healthy, I mean, even if they had Andrew Thomas and John Michael Schmitz, I'm not sure how much better this would be. It would be better, but that's a low bar to clear. So, what are the keys for the Bills' defense against this Giants' offense? Well, number one is destroy this offensive line. Everybody else has you better do it as well. Don't be the team that suddenly gives this offensive line some confidence. And uh, this is a great opportunity for Von Miller. I mean, he should he should take. Evan Neal to school. AJ Epinesic should show up in a big way. Ed Oliver, you know, you're working in your defensive tackles now that you don't have Daquan Jones. Puna Ford's going to get some run. It's a good opportunity for these guys to really be aggressive and get some confidence here as this team moves forward without Daquan Jones. So, number one, you got to destroy this offensive line. Number two is be ready for weird stuff. This is a desperate Giants team that I'm sure doesn't want to get blown out again on a national stage. They've already done that once this year. Uh, There's Brian Dayball's homecoming. They're going to do weird stuff. I'd be ready for flea flickers. I'd be ready for double reverses. I'd be ready for double passes. You know, all the weird trick plays. We've even seen Brian Dayball do this in high leverage games for the Bills when he was the offensive coordinator, where he breaks out some of those trick plays. I'd be ready for surprise onside kicks, surprise punts. You know, all the fakes, right, all the weird stuff. When you're outmatching a football game and you need other things, you need to introduce some variance, you need to roll the dice, that's the stuff you do. And so I kind of expect that to be the case. So be ready for weird stuff is number two. Number three is be aggressive and hunt, right? This is an opportunity where you should be able to win one-on-one matchups, you should be able to attack the football, and, you know, you got some some new pieces here at linebacker, some new pieces at corner that are going to have to play, Go be aggressive, get some confidence, and hunt the ball and make plays. And number four is tackle. You have to tackle well against this team. Um, The Giants are a team that, you know, they don't throw the ball down the field very much. They have some speed at receiver. And I'm sure they're going to try to put some athletes in space and see what they can do. And, you know, even if Tyrod Taylor is going to play quarterback, we know the style of quarterback that Tyrod Taylor is from his time with the Bills. You know, he's he's a guy that has some athleticism about him, and they might want to lean into that in this game. Even if Daniel Jones does play, he's a very good runner. So you got to tackle well in this game because I think they're going to try to stress you as much as possible with their athletes and see if you can tackle. And let's face it, the Bills are a pretty poor tackling defense, and um, the Giants are probably going to want to test that to give them an advantage. So my keys for the Bills D against this Giants offense, destroy the O-line, be ready for weird stuff, be aggressive and hunt, and you got to tackle. Don't give this team anything extra. All right, we're going to talk about the Bills offense against this Giants defense here in just a moment. But first, you got to tell you about prize picks, folks. You got to check them out. Prize picks is the funnest, most exciting, easiest way to play daily fantasy sports. The format is incredible. It's just you versus the numbers. It's not you against thousands of other players, including pros, including Sharks. All you do is you select two or more players. You pick more or less on their projected stats, and you place your entry. That is it. It doesn't take long. Picks can be made in under a minute, and the withdrawals are super, super quick when you win. I love watching sports, and this is a great time for sports. We got the NFL. NHL is back in season, right? Go Sabres. Uh, MLB playoffs. NBA seasons getting ready to start. College football. And so I love watching sports, love it even more when I have a prize picks entry going into the games. It makes it that much more exciting. So go to prizepicks.com slash and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, folks, let's get into this Giants defense against the Bills offense. But before we do, I would love to take a second here to invite you to join the Locked On Bills subtext community, something we started around the draft, and it has really grown, and it has been really, really fun. Uh, What it is is one-on-one text messaging conversations with me. So you can text me anytime you want, talk Bills football, ask questions. I've enjoyed really sharing more of myself with people that are looking for more engagement. I also send out mass text messages In response to the Bills news. So, if the Bills make a move, I send out some analysis with that right away. I also do my in game analysis. So, during the Bills games, I text out a lot. Probably after every series, I send some thoughts uh, to the subscribers. So, check it out. Super fun. I've really enjoyed it. You also get priority when it comes to herd mentality questions. And that has been awesome. So, check it out. There's a link in today's show notes. Uh, So, if you click on the show notes, YouTube, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you'll see a link to join check it out. The defensive coordinator for the Giants is Wink Martindale. He's 60 years old in his second season as the Giants defensive coordinator, and this is his seventh overall season as an NFL defensive coordinator. Most known for his time with the Baltimore Ravens, he was their defensive coordinator from 2018 to 2021, and the style of defense is pretty straightforward as it relates to Wink Martindale. He's going to blitz, he's going to play man coverage. And honestly, some of the fundamentals uh, that exist in a Wink-Martindale defense uh, are true about what the Bills saw against the Jaguars. So you're going to see some heavier boxes. You're going to see some man coverage. You're going to see some pressure schemes. Uh, Last year, the Giants were 25th in yards and 17th in scoring defense. This year, they're allowing 30.6 points per game. That's 29th in the league. They're allowing 378 yards per game. That's 27th giving up 7.4 yards per pass that's 30th 5.3 yards per rush that's 30th they only get a turnover on 5.8% of drives that's 30th again they had zero all season until they had 3 last week against the dolphins uh they're giving up a score on 46% of drives that's third highest they get pressure on the quarterback only on 19.7% of plays which is 24th but they also have a very high blitz rate um one of the highest in the league. And they only get sacks 3.2% of the time, uh, which is 31st. So just a lot of just bad metrics, right? They don't stop the run. They don't get turnovers. They don't get pressure. They don't get sacks. They give up a lot of points. It's not good. Let's talk about their personnel. And, And look, I think if I'm a Giants fan, this is where I'm disappointed because you have a veteran DC. They've made additions to the personnel here and it's worse, right? And I know that's, it's hard when you're playing offenses poorly, right? You're, they're they're on the field a ton. They're not the offense isn't getting first downs. They're not sustaining drives. But this defense should be better than it is. On the edge, Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, another top ten pick. I really liked him as a rookie. I really did. But man, he has just not been that effective this year. Not playing with the same level of urgency. Um, he's just not as impactful. I really thought he was going to be on on the, on his way to being a star, uh, but he has not parlayed uh, what I thought was a promising rookie season into year two. Uh, Now, their other primary edge rusher is Aziz Ojolari, a guy that I like a ton. I don't know if he's going to play. He has not practiced yet this week on Tuesday or Wednesday. And so if that's the case, they're going to have to lean more into Jihad Ward, who's a long-armed, heavy hands, good run defender, really good situational player, not a guy that you want to have as a starter. And then Boogie Basham, who has been just wildly ineffective for them uh, to this point after being traded away. Um, The Bills traded him away just before the season. On the interior defensive line, I think this is the strength of their team. Two absolute studs. Dexter Lawrence, one of the best nose tackles in the league. I mean, you know, think about DJ Reader, Vita Vea. I mean, Dexter Lawrence is probably better than both of those guys. Just a big athletic dude that can rush. He can defend the run. He's having a great season. So there's not much good going on with the Giants, but Dexter Lawrence is something good that's happening. And then a veteran there in Leonard Williams, who is as rock solid as they come as – a interior defensive lineman he'll play the three he'll play the five they also have a couple of rotational guys rakeem nunez roches who's got some athleticism uh, as a kind of a hybrid inside outside player and then a sean robinson who's a big bodied um you know run stopper nose tackle type guy that uh, uh you could see fitting into the rotation but hasn't quite uh, made that much of an impact to this point uh, at linebacker, they signed Bobby Okereke to come over. Very athletic, a lot of length. He's having a decent season, uh, but he needs more help around him. He's obviously their best linebacker. And alongside of him, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Simmons, who they traded for from Arizona, um, former high pick, a lot of athleticism, just not a very productive player. And then Micah, Micah McFadden, we'll see if he's able to go. I know that he's also battering, battling an injury. I think of McFadden as more of a depth player anyways. At corner. Um, Adoree Jackson's probably their number one corner. He has not played that well this year. He's certainly been a better player uh, throughout his career, but this year he's kind of having a rough go. I'm sure when you're not getting any pressure on the quarterback, it certainly makes it tough on these corners. Their first round pick is the other outside corner, Deontay Banks out of Maryland, who's very physical, very athletic, but he's a rookie and he's playing like a rookie. Um, So I'm sure he's going to improve, but he has not been that effective to this point. And then their third corner is Trey Hawkins um, who they bring him in and then they'll put like a Dory Jackson in the slot. So they don't necessarily have a defined slot player. They, they will be versatile with a number of defensive backs. Uh, but Trey Hawkins is kind of that third guy that gets the most opportunity at safety, Xavier McKinney, a guy that I really like a ton versatile. I uh, can play in the box, can play deep, can play some man coverage. I like him. He's one of their best players. And then Jason Pinock, who, had the big pick six uh, last week against the Dolphins, but I think he's uh, probably a replacement level starter in the NFL. So they got some guys here, but they're not playing well together, and I don't think they have enough, to be honest with you. What are my keys for the Bills' offense against this defense? First of all, be ready for the blitz. They blitz 41% of the time, so that's that's a lot. That's third highest in the NFL. So uh, they're going to challenge your pressure schemes, and so Josh Allen needs to be aware of that. He needs to know where to go with the football uh, to replace the blitz with the ball and and have some hot routes and just be ready for some overload pressures. Number two is yards after catch. The Giants tackling is just as bad as the Bills. Uh, They actually have the same exact amount of missed tackles as the Bills. um, And they've given up a a huge amount of yards after catch. 62.8% of the passing yards that the Giants have given up this year have come after the catch. That's the highest in the league, pretty comfortably. So take advantage of that. Get your guys some chances in space. Get the ball out of Josh's hands quick and, and give guys a chance to turn it around with the football. You should be able to get some yards after catch in this game. And that was completely non-existent against Jacksonville after it was very strong the previous week against Miami. Uh, so get back on track there. And the number three is just be aggressive. Be aggressive, score points, get a lead, make them one-dimensional. You know, that's, that's the thing here. You get a situation here where you can get a lead, and force the Giants into, you know, passing situations, that's going to be tough for them with their offensive line, their lack of weapons, whoever's playing quarterback. You know, that's what you got to do in a game like this. You know, so if it's, if it's fourth and three from your own 35, go for it, right? Like, be willing to be aggressive in this game. Take some shots uh, because you want to bury this team. You don't want to give them any real opportunity to think that they can hang and stick around and steal a win. So put them away and don't let them hang around. And then when it comes to special teams here, so those are my three keys. Be ready for the blitz, yards after catch and be aggressive. Special teams, their kicker, Graham Gano, excellent NFL kicker, really good from distance. He's an 87% kicker for his career. He's a veteran. Uh, Their punter is Jamie Galan, seventh in the NFL in EPA per punt so far this season. Yeah, I thought he was just okay. There's a lot of uh, hype for him. He came over as a Swedish hammer and then he goes to Cleveland and I thought he was like really kind of just average to below average. And then, He came to the Giants last year, and I think he's really kind of found himself uh, having a solid season this year, got a big leg. And then the return guy is Eric Gray, and I'm not sure that he's going to continue to be the return guy because he's been a little shaky, had a big muff a couple of weeks ago, and there's been some talks that Paris Campbell could get some chances in the return game this week. So uh, we'll see what happens there. If it's Eric Gray, I'd definitely be willing to test him. You know, the Bills like to kick the ball short and see if guys will return it. I'd be willing to roll the dice with Eric Gray uh, and the kick return situations. And uh, hopefully you're not punting too much, but if you do, you know, I think that's a manageable situation as well. So there you have it. That's the Giants, obviously a team that is reeling right now. Uh, I'm sure they're going to want to get on track here and, um, you know, find themselves. You know, it's still early in the season. I don't think that they're going to pack it up or anything like that. I'm sure they're going to come out and compete hard for day ball in this game. Uh, and the Bills need to meet this moment, take care of their business, bounce back and you know start start stacking some wins here because I look at this, this slate of games coming up and I've said I want the Bills and I think the Bills should win six of their next seven, if not all seven. And that starts with taking care of business on Sunday Night Football. So there you have it, the Giants. Uh, not our last conversation. We're going to get back again on Saturday morning. You'll get my final thoughts. We'll talk to Dr. Kyle Trimble of Banged Up Bills about injuries. And obviously there's some big stuff to get into there with you know, Daquan Jones and Matt Milano and what the timetable is there, but also uh, what's going on with Greg Rousseau, what's going on with Dane Jackson, who has not practiced all week with a foot injury. So we'll get the updates there. And of course, my five predictions for Sunday Night Football. Don't miss it. Make sure that you're subscribed. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again real soon.